Hello there, I'm Dr. Jonathan Pfeffer. I'm an innovation and mentoring expert. I help US and Israeli startups and multinationals design and implement their innovation strategy. I'm a mentor and judge at Harvard's Innovation Lab and a mentoring supervisor at the CAT 669 Alumni Association, among others. Lastly, I also teach innovation management and strategy at Reichman University. Today's a special episode. Since we're celebrating one year since we started the podcast initiative, we decided that this episode and the next one will be a little bit different. We will be interviewing each other. So my guest today is my co-host, Bar Uven. Hello. <laughs> Bar served as a combat soldier in Team 37. He served as an officer and a team leader. He is a social and business entrepreneur, co-founded the CAT 669 Alumni Association and was its CEO for five years, and then co-founded the AFU 669 Association and is now its Executive VP of Development. Bauer founded his first startup and sold it, and he is now a co-founder and CEO of his new startup called DShare. Right now, when we are recording this episode, he is about to be a father. So, Bauer, Van, welcome and thanks for joining me today. <laughs> Thank you for hosting me. It's a little <laughs> bit weird after uh, recording two other episodes with other interviewees. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, let's, let's see. Yeah, let's see how you withstand... Uh, On the know. other side of the moon. Yeah, exactly, our treatment. Let's start where we usually start. So yeah. tell us something about... Well, not something. Tell us something that really s- um, stuck with you from your uh, military service at uh, 669. Mm. Before I started my service, my grandmother um, said, okay, you're going to... Uh, Um, to a special unit, you probably need to wait to carry a lot of weight. Just do me a favor, just watch your back. I said, "Don't worry, grandmother, everything will be okay." And fifteen uh, years later, I still have back problems, and um, yeah I'm, I'm trying everything that I can basically <laughs> um, no but but um, I finished my service in two thousand thirteen after uh, two years uh, as extra an officer service. extra mm-hmm. service thank you as a after the compulsory service and completed five years and then i i uh, me and another team that you you are familiar with from the from the unit or even alumni established the organization uh, but but I'll say one thing that that I took uh, from the service and it's uh actually i think it's the first time i'm, I'm talking about it out loud because i i thought about doing it in, in in one of our events um we went in october to uh to the midburn it's mm-hmm. uh, the israeli burning man and um uh, there was uh, it's, it's a huge party six days great i was with friends it's in the desert everyone are happy And at some point, uh, we went to one of the parties. You have parties every day almost and, and, and everywhere, different stages. And there was a stage of um, a train uh, on a truck, <laughs> and you can stand on it and dance. Great. And the DJ is inside the, the, this uh, train. And around 50 people maybe can stand on the truck. And we, we finished the party, and we went back to the... To the camp and we talked how was the party how was it for you and then I said but you know uh, that the thing is that no matter how happy I am how free free I am um, we're in the best place in the world right now during the, the last five hours I, I couldn't stop thinking about what happens if the, the train <laughs> collapse or the track colla- the, the trunk, trunk yeah. collapse and what, what I what I do How I evacuate people, how I call ambulance, how I call helicopter this is and they 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 were very shocked they said, "Wait, wait, this is what you're feeling wh- when you're in a party dancing and and happy I said so yes th- this is what you need to understand. this is something that will stay with me for in in a good way and in a bad way 
but but yes, the, the, so the responsibility, the awareness, the the readiness is um, is is I'm always ready, <laughs> and so mm-hmm. this is something that uh, that stuck with me. And is it something that you see um, play a part also in your entrepreneurial career? Yes, for sure. I mean, you're ready for everything. And, and uh, as you probably know, and part of our listeners, uh, as an entrepreneur, you get a lot of no, and you mm-hmm. get a lot of, you have a lot of uh, ups and downs, but mostly downs. And especially if you are alone or with only with one other co- co-founder, which is not enough people to share with, uh, with them mm-hmm. their, uh, your feeling. And f- for me, I mean, it still uh, doesn't make me happy to, to get a no or to be in a down, but I, I know that, uh, that I'll be fine and uh, I'll find a way out. And mm-hmm. I'm always ready to, to get this punch to the face, stomach, and, <laughs> and in the back uh, on the same time. Um, so I think, yes, mm. uh, I look on it more as a, as a benefit that I got from the military service than, uh, than uh, something, uh, than disadvantage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So in some situations being always ready, always on, always alert, maybe uh, distancing you from what you're supposed to feel like in a party, but in your entrepreneurial career, when you're on a roller coaster yeah. of ups and downs, it's actually beneficial and, and useful to have that. If, even now, p- people ask me about, uh, as you said, I'm going to be, to be a father in 30 days. Um, and so p- people, friends, family ask if I'm ready, if I'm afraid, if I slept enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and they say, I, I don't know, but it, I'm, I mean, I really w- wait for it, but um, I... I, I I'm ready for everything, so it doesn't matter if I, I'm going to sleep mm-hmm. uh, less or I'm going to, to wake up in the middle of the night or whatever. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. to be, I will find a way to, to manage it and, and control it. You know, it's very interesting because, um, you know, looking over, I've worked in the U.S. with entrepreneurs, startups, and in Israel, and one thing you see that kind of um, one of the distinguishing characteristics of Israeli entrepreneurs and maybe one of the things that contributed a lot to Israel being the startup nation is the sense of self-competence that uh, yeah. people have that uh, here in to Israel. Lie, to lie with confidence. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, either that, no, but but n- not so much the confidence part, but the self-competence, meaning the uh, the sense that I can do, er- I can oh, solve everything, yeah, I yeah, can yeah. do everything. I've, you know, worked my way out of difficult situations in the army, right, or in the military service. So... I can do it in the business world. You know, in my last startup, this is one of the things that people told me. What are you doing? This is a, <laughs> this is a stupid idea. It's, strong, it's not strong enough. It's too difficult. Uh, it, it's an extreme uh, way to, to take. What was the last? Just give us a few words on what was the last yeah, in, uh, startup. In, so in a few words, uh, I, one. I started in 2014 um, a startup called Mishlochov. In Hebrew, it's the combination of the words Mishloach, uh, Lachov, delivery to the beach. And it was a GPS application-based that does deliveries to the beach. Um, and um, we worked really well in, in Tel Aviv, in Elat, in Erzalia, in uh, Rishon, in a few other cities in Israel. And um, before uh, Tenbis and Walt, all the other um, delivery companies were, were traveling here all, all around. And um, when, when I, I wanted to start it and I went to, I tried to, to get funds uh, and without success because I was young. I just finished my military service with no experience. Who would give me money? Mm-hmm. So I tried to find a CTO to collaborate with that he will work based on equity. But again, with no success. So I, I, 
I still decided I want to do it and I went to Tel Aviv University for eight months. I studied two uh, times a week, two days, uh, JavaScript and I built uh, the first um, first uh, Android app. Right. And <laughs> this is how I started. So I was the, I, I made I made the marketing, uh, I programmed, I bought the, the fruits, <laughs> I made the deliveries and um, basically everything. And after one year of operation with friends and then based on uh, on volunteering work and, and myself, um, another um, guy from the unit actually joined me and another, another person and we were three um, partners and we worked uh, really well um, till some point that uh, we, we you finished. sold it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hmm. So a uh, true story of, I guess, uh, bootstrapping, right? Like yeah. pulling yourself by... 100% uh, uh, bootstrapping. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Going back to your, I guess, um, army service or I guess post-army service, mm-hmm. but still related to the army. Um, and, and talking about entrepreneurship, I guess, or social entrepreneurship in this case. After the army... You have founded the Cat Association, or right. co-founded it. And um, I guess, um, you know, if we're talking about Mishlochov, we can say it was an idea that not many people saw the value in it and doubted it. And so it was, you were fighting an uphill battle in that sense. The Cat Association, I assume, is something that had the opposite uh, uh, problem, which is it's clear, I guess, yeah. what is the value proposition of an alumni network, and yet no one did it before. So what did you... Did yeah. you have the feeling that you're again uh, fighting an uphill battle, or so, so again, this is another option of uh, many tried before, maybe leave it, and and this is exactly what happened. Um, this is what people told you, right? This what what people told me in our first meeting. Wait, I'll, I'll take one step back, and then I'll get into mm-hmm. this point. Uh, when I finished my service, and I decided that I want to, before I even knew that there is something called alumni association to military uh, units. Uh, I started checking, and I, I, I knew that this is something that is needed with a lot of uh, potential, with a lot of um, uh, potential impact. And um, when I started checking, um, I met some guy from the unit, and he said that he, he tried it before, and a few before that, in the 90s and in the 80s. Uh, but no one, uh, they, they started every time for one month or two or three, and then uh, there was uh, not enough money, and they just stopped because they need someone to, to manage it. And uh, there was nobody that was um, um, uh, available for uh, to do it. Yeah, for... exactly on a volunteering uh, based. So I said, uh, okay, I I will uh, I'll, I'll try it again. And him and another few people that we gather around the same table said, "Are you sure? But you just finished with your military service. Maybe you should take <laughs> care of yourself. Maybe you need to go earn some money." I said, "Don't worry, uh, I'll bring money." He said, are you sure? And I said, yes, don't worry. <laughs> In two months, we'll have money. And then, um, actually, a little bit more than a year, worked on a 100% uh, volunteer uh, basis and 100% uh, um, a role. I mean, mm-hmm. without any other job in my life. And um, but I believed in the idea and the potential. And in the end, we are seven years later, with uh, American Friends of organization, with uh, a lot of donations, with a lot of friends, with a lot of uh, with board members, with chairmen here and there, and um, a lot of activities and impact. And um, you know, every every time that something like that happens and you get into a specific milestone, a, a big milestone, you you get kind of a certificate for um, for what you do. You're in the right way. Um, so uh, so. 
<clears throat> I'll ask maybe a very simple question, but it's not so obvious, which is why? <laughs> I mean, right, if it uh, took so long and it required dealing with so many hardships, um, what compelled you? What motivated you to keep trying and trying? Because it's not like an overnight success, right? One year yeah. for a young guy with no salary is, is a lot of time. When I everyone else is, I guess, going to, to do high tech and uh, to, uh, yeah. right, going to the university and getting maybe job offers. So I think about it a lot, and I have two main uh, uh, answers. One is um, I really believe in the um, social impact and the help to each other and the camaraderie uh, that we have and we build the organization based on and based on the values that we have in the, in the unit. I grew up in a youth movement. I made one-year community service before the military. Mm. I postponed my military service only to volunteer for another year. Uh, so I, I, this is kind of my background, like a social activity, let's call it that way. Mm. And, and, and I saw just an opportunity to, to gather all those great people uh, that are doing great things in their lives and to put it in the same, in the same pool and to create great things together. That's, that's the bottom line. And, and, and the second thing is that um, I thought about it and I, 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 I like things that are not easy. <laughs> <laughs> I like challenges and I like to do the impossible. And this is kind of the things that uh, <laughs> that was kind of impossible. And um, I really felt that it's going to be a big challenge. I have to say that I learned a lot from the way, from many other people that help uh, everyone. I mean, us. I'm, I'm, I'm saying us because I wasn't alone. In mm -hmm. the end, I, I managed the organization and, and um, uh, was the, the visionary behind it. But I was... You know, everyone accepted the idea, the donors, the, the, the supporters, the, the soldiers, the, right. the volunteers, everyone. You, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is how you started working with us, mm -hmm. uh, almost on a volunteering basis, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. And so that was the Cat Association episode, but that, I guess, wasn't enough. And yeah. then you went on to AFU 669. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, like, wasn't there... A moment where you said to yourself, hey, you know, we got the camaraderie, we got the, uh, you know, joint value, social value out of, of doing things together yeah. and social impact. That's enough. That's, that's good enough. Let some other person take care of the American friends of. It doesn't matter what um, you'll give me. I have um, enough ideas for uh, from every angle to everything. And, and I have a huge to-do list for each one of the projects that that we're doing now so f for me it's I'm, I'm just creating the work so mm -hmm. at, at some point we um, we decided that we need to bring more support from outside of Israel to create bigger things this is how everything started and then um, suddenly uh, the, the, the first event we had outside of the US was in, in Canada with the help of Dina Wachtal and the America the Canadian friends of the Hebrew University in July 2016. And then after these two events, I never spoke in English uh, in front of, on a stage, in front of 300 people. Um, and um, we felt, we understood that we have a, a huge um, responsibility in the image of, uh, of the country, of Israel, of the military, as part of the unit that's responsible to rescue people, no matter what their nationality, uh, the the um, consequences or the the, the the incident we need to be to be ready and evacuate and, and rescue everyone mm -hmm. yeah kind of like the special value proposition of this unit in any yeah. military which is it's not supposed to 
shoot at anyone and kill anyone, yeah. it's supposed to save life rather yeah. than maybe... Yeah. Right. So, so thi- this was another aspect of it. So we started from there, we call it Asbara, and, and we really started project like like pure Hasbara with different consulates all, all around the U.S., from L.A. to San Francisco to New York, collaborate with other organizations. And at some point in October 2018, we were in an event in um, Upper uh, West Side, New York, in a synagogue, and then the terror attack in uh, Pittsburgh happened. Mm-hmm. Talked about the project that we do, that we teach others how to save lives, and we take our medical skills that we learned in, in the military, and we pay it forward. And someone stood up and said, wait, wh- what about us? Look, what have just happened in Pittsburgh? Maybe uh, this is part of your mission. Teach us those things as well. How mm-hmm. to manage crisis scenario. How to ma- protect ourselves uh, from um, anti-Semitism attacks. So um, w- we said, you know what? We, we didn't think about it. Maybe we should do it. And we turned all the syllabus and the presentations to English. And we, we started doing it. Amazing. Another good reason mm-hmm. why doing it mm-hmm. and, and keep doing it. And, uh, you know, there are not of, uh, enough people in Jewish and Israeli communities around the U.S. that still, uh, we still need to visit them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess expanding the circles of uh, social impact and then yeah. having that kind of guide you towards new avenues of, uh, of uh, organization and, uh, and uh, organization building and, and entrepreneurship. Yeah. Um, so let's let's get more uh, to current events. You're now working on your second startup, yeah. Share. Um, what is it? Uh, first of all, as you see, I like the combination of uh, two words. Um, um, so Dishare, it, it comes from the combination of the word Dish and Share. Um, I'll tell you the story how we started it. Uh, it was from when Dana, my wife, and I were traveling in Japan in our honeymoon in 2019. Uh, she's vegetarian, um, and we found ourselves looking for and spending hours during the trip on finding the, the best places to eat, or not even the best, the, the, the daily, uh, re- you eat mm-hmm. 30 days, three meals outside of, um, I mean, dining out, and we found ourselves spending a lot of time of trying to find something for her and something for me. In the same restaurant and every time when we i mean most of times when we uh found a, a good place it was either with a lot of uh things that she can eat or mm-hmm. uh or a very uh, veggie or vegan uh, place for, for her and, and made me vegetarian at some point uh, without wanting it <laughs> uh, so everything started from how why why there is no platform that can combine more than one culinary platform uh, culinary um um, preference prefer- no, um, preference but um, profile I meant mm-hmm. um, and, and to combine them and get um, a recommendation based on both profiles and get the, the right place mm-hmm. that fits for two three more people and and since then everything was stuck in my mind and, and it was in Japan in the other side of the world and then we, we kept traveling to Vietnam and then in Israel and, and, and we found it very relevant in many points and then when I came back from uh, APAC in a part of the organization's uh, work in March 2020, there was uh, something that called uh, just started called uh, COVID. <laughs> and I was one of the first uh, airplanes that got, uh, w- when we got back, we had to, g- to get into quarantine for mm-hmm. 14 days. It was the beginning, everyone scared. So Dana went to her parents and I stayed alone for f- ho- full 14 days. Uh, and I was, uh, I finally had, t- had time. 
So uh, I started then, so since March 2020. And what we do is basically um, we're building the Spotify uh, of, uh, of food and we create unique culinary uh, profile for individuals. We call it Footprint. Uh, and it's mm. based off, uh, on crowdsourcing and artificial intelligence. And we know to predict and understand uh, what are the dishes uh, that uh, people need and want to eat mm-hmm. based on their um, culinary preferences and dietary needs. So if I don't like uh, mushrooms, olives, but I like onion and I like pasta more than pizza, uh, uh, so this is first layer, and the other one is uh, if if I have uh, allergies, if I am uh, I'm religious, I eat kosher mm-hmm. only. I'm pregnant. I'm vegan. I'm vegetarian. I have a specific diet. I want more carbs or um, whatever. And uh, well, actually, or if you sometimes, if you I guess if you want to change your your food preferences, right? If you want to start eating more healthy, yeah. I guess, or you know, it, it sounds like it'll kind of make the uh, friction, make it frictionless yeah. to be able to to say, okay, you know, because I know for myself, like I decided years ago that I want to eat more uh, vegetables, not to become mm-hmm. a vegan completely or vegetarian, but uh, to eat less meat. Yeah. And I just found it hard to find a place every time where mm-hmm. I could find, you know... A uh, decent meal that exactly. answer your... Uh, exactly. And that hassle, it's not my motivation or my... Uh, preference but just the hassle of finding these places uh, yeah. made me slowly just and, let go and, of it and now the problem is every everyone everything is uh, very overwhelmed overwhelming sorry mm-hmm. there is a lot of content in the world right. exposed to everyone let's take ne- netflix as example we all probably use netflix all the listeners and they sit in front of the tv and they they're searching searching and there are a lot of content mm-hmm. too much and at the end you say ah, there's nothing interesting here i, I that i can watch and um, and this is uh, how this is where we come from. You have uh, the food delivery companies. You have Yelp. You have uh, TripAdvisor. You have Google. You have I'm telling you, there are thousands of companies. Only in New York, if you want to order food, you have around twenty different uh, delivery platforms, mm-hmm. and you need to search um, th- because their interest is to have as um, as many as they can, as many as they can restaurants mm-hmm. and offers and dishes. And we say, okay, we'll take all those options and we'll offer you only what's relevant for you. You'll see only one mm-hmm. dish at a time and you'll see it very clearly. And you then need to, yeah. You know, it, it ties to a, a well-known piece of research experiment, actually, that was done by one of my, prefer- one of my former professors at Columbia Business School, uh, Shina Yangar. And one, she had a famous um, experiment called the Jam Experiment, or colloquially called Jam Experiment. Obviously, she didn't publish it with that name. Mm-hmm. Um, where she um, she had two situations. In situation A, she set up a jam uh, uh, stand at some local uh, you know mall, and she gave away jams. Um, and you just have to come and choose out of the four jams, and then you fill out you know what did you like, what less, and how satisfied are you from the jams. And then she had another stand in the same place, different time, where she had like 15 
jams mm. and people had to choose among the 15 the decision fatigue exactly and they were a cognitive overload or decision yeah. fatigue just the 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 need to choose between so many options not necessarily the you know not the taste of the options not because the same four jams were among the 15 right so yeah. but just the need to to look at all of them take in the data then look inside what do you like or not yeah. and choose and then the f- fomo right kicks in mm. fear of missing out because there are 15 yeah. different options you choose one and you're missing 14 others um she really saw uh, showed exper- uh, empirically yeah. that people are less satisfied at a certain point mm-hmm. of having too much choice yeah, yeah yeah so this is exactly it this is exactly it um even now think about you i ordered mm-hmm. the the food here mm-hmm. and you didn't have even chance to choose mm-hmm. are you satisfied from what you just ate definitely okay, great. <laughs> but i'm telling you that there were, we had a lot of other options and all we were all mm-hmm. good but you don't feel formal right now mm-hmm. now because you don't need you don't know what you what you mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so everything is true and correct and this is exactly what we are counting on and there is another uh, i want to add something to it do you know um And he has a lot of books and, and some te- famous TED Talks, uh, Malcolm Gladwell. Mm-hmm. Actually, the nice story is he used to write his book, uh, books at a coffee shop next to my house. So sometimes really? when I would go as a student to uh, work <laughs> on my uh, you know, project uh, you know, on my computer in a, in a local cafe in New York, he would, what was it called? So you don't have his uh, email address or phone number? I need him. No, <laughs> I didn't bother him. But I can tell you later on when we're off air the name of the place. You can okay. go and look. Okay. He's there like at least twice a week. Okay. So, uh, yes, this is exactly it. People, I mean, so not just what you said, but um, there are many, uh, uh, let's uh, take uh, the, the, the sauce, the tomato sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, some people like it more spicy. Some people like it more chunky. Uh, and, and in the end, when you're going to a restaurant, you have specific menu with specific dishes. But, and if you ask the waitress, for example, what's the best dish, she will tell you what is the best dish for her. From her perspective mm-hmm. or from the most of the people but or whatever is by the way needs to to, to, be, to n- sell needs to be sold yeah, to the be most sold. expensive yeah, stuff like yeah, she's gonna yeah, upsell yeah, yeah correct from the marketing uh, right. aspect so, so um, so we offer the personalized dining experience that you'll be satisfied from everything you eat every day <laughs> all day that's the bottom line and if I simplify the the functionality of it it's supposed to to tell you and help you to understand uh, what you should eat if you're making a food delivery what you're supposed to eat if you are uh, in a restaurant already and you're in front of a menu mm-hmm. and you want to make a deliv- uh, an order or if you make discovery and you want to want to know where to go mm-hmm. so this is the third uh, functionality great and it sounds like a, a win-win for right for everyone Same for the time yeah yeah, yeah. cool um, so You know, we've already established that you have a habit of uh, whenever you're alone and have some time to think, uh, whether it's because of a pandemic or something else, a new company comes up. Comes up. Um, and, you know, and that's fine. And you gave us the whole, you know, story about, um, you know, the, the positive sides of it, yeah. right? And you sound motivated and uh, it sounds exciting. And, but obviously, yeah. and you did kind of mention it in passing earlier, there's more, you get more no's and more... Uh, Uh, you hit more walls than you do uh, reach successes uh, in this entrepreneurial uh, journey. So how do you deal with all these um, obstacles? How do you keep a clear mind, not let it get to you? Uh, it sounds like a cliche, but, uh, <laughs> no, but, but 
First of all, if um, I have my wife, Dana, and she's um, sh- she really supportive in any way that you can think about. And I think that this is another um, advantage that I have from the military sh- service, and it's the, um, the mental strength. And, mm. and yeah, j- that you can... You can get uh, swallow everything with we say <laughs> in Hebrew, and um, so yes, there are some days that I finish late and I'm I, I'm sad and it affects on 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 my sleeping and the day after or, mm-hmm. and some again and the peaks are really high like um, with a lot of adrenaline, um, but um, and I, you know what in another another way is uh, is sport. Uh, and it's good for my back and from the for the pressure and I, I I'm trying to do it in the middle of the day mm. not in the beginning and not in the end because of um, first of all most of the most of the sh- uh, sunny times yeah. it's in the middle of the day so I I enjoy mm. to run on the beach and, and then you get some sun also right? yeah and because if not I can stay in the same place which is my home <laughs> from <laughs> From when I wake up until I go mm-hmm. to sleep, <laughs> if I don't walk my dog uh, on the same day, and um, and um, and the other thing, it's good for for your body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is another uh, another tip, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. to to get a, get out of the chair for a second. Yeah, I think uh, you know there's something to be said there about the support system that as an entrepreneur you set for yourself. So some of it is something that's already innate in you, which is kind of like the sense of self-competence and the ability that, what you said, I can swallow er- everything, right? So, yeah. you know, believing in yourself despite everything. And some are s- stuff you need to work on, which is uh, some ways relational, like you having that, that one major or several support figures in your life. In your case, it's it's your wife, Dana, which I also know, and I can totally understand how... You know, she can uh, kind of absorb and help you with all the, the you know, the emotional turmoil. Um, and, and others, even small stuff, like for all the entrepreneurs listening, even, as you said, walking your dog or going yeah. on a run on a sunny day, as, as small and stupid, so to speak, that it, that it may sound, can help you deal with, oh, I need to find a CTO, right? which is a huge problem. Totally, totally. And now when I'm thinking about it, first of all, writing. Mm-hmm. I try to write from from now and then and and by the way i I even have um uh, some papers that I wrote when I just finished the service and when I s- started the organization mm-hmm. and sometimes it's funny to go to go back and read it because one of the the things that I said there is that uh I'm so lucky that I have a dog <laughs> that I need to walk that I have to walk him outside in the middle of the day because if not I would just stuck here all day <laughs> <laughs> so this is a good point good so uh, you're, you're actually talking you, when you're saying writing you mean like a diary yeah yeah wonderful yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. memories um experiences mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so some it's difficult because sometimes you say oh, i don't have time for it i have enough on my plate but um l- for the long term uh, it helps you know it's interesting because it ties to what you said a little bit about y- you can swallow everything in the sense that it's you who is um it's you who's kind of um i guess uh, you don't let the the job or the uh um venture journey swallow you up mm-hmm. so that you're always 24/7 just in that you make sure to have time for I'm yourself trying. with your with your significant other with other stuff be it the dog or whatever or writing right to help maintain that uh grit or that personal um endurance yeah uh, emotional i'm I'm trying a, an, another tip for it is that 
um, you know, there are a lot of prog- uh, programs like um, 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 Monday or mm-hmm. Asana or uh, Trello or whatever assignment uh, management um, uh, programs. But, and, and I use all of them. <laughs> but in the end, I have written on a paper a plan for every day. Mm-hmm. And I plan it every Thursday or Thursday or Saturday for the next week. And I have a time. I wish I could bring it here. But I have... Um, um f- things for what I need for work for the organization and then for p- for my personal life mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I have something I have even if it's small every day and same for by the way something for for home and this mm-hmm. is for most of the, the maybe the men um, <laughs> um, that listen to us but um, when I need to for example fix and or to hang a new uh, shelf, it, it it never happens if you don't write it then you need to delete it in the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So um, this is another way that it's it's in front of me. When it's in, in the computer, it's easy to, to change it, mm-hmm. to, to skip it, to, to, to forget it, it to right. ignore. But when it's written on a paper with a pen <laughs> in right. front of you, mm-hmm. you have to you have to do it. Yeah, yeah I remember years ago there was a whole movement um, started by some uh, um, productivity consultants. I think it was called David Allen. I forgot his name said getting things done, the GTD approach. Yeah. And one of the, ma- the there's a, a whole book about it, but one of the things that stuck with me is one of these principles that was just keep it low tech. Right? Yeah. You can use whatever you want, yeah. but at the end of the day, keep yeah. it accessible, frictionless, right? You don't need to learn something. You don't yeah. need to go into a, a specific software. It doesn't have too much functionality going yeah. back to the gem uh, study, right? Where you have to kind yeah. of like yeah. take control of these like new software with all these options. Mm-hmm. And if you're not using all of them, you're feeling bad because yeah. you're not uh. using all this wonderful stuff. Basically, you just need to have a list, yeah. you need to prioritize it, and you need to have a, a w- pen and a paper. W- when I was, uh, I think I started when I was around 14 or 13, it was a kind of a joke in my family. I had lists for everything. <laughs> and f- and the same for to-do list. Mm-hmm. Every d- and I was 13, 14, I had <laughs> no responsibilities in life. But I still had lists, and I used to write everything that I need to, to do, or everything I want to do, and... Uh, and I achieved some some stuff with it. <laughs> um, let's talk about your family, okay. where you come from. Um, my uh, first of all, I'm from Gedera originally. <coughs> Explain w- to w- our uh, yeah. listeners so which is where uh, it is. Forty minutes south to Tel Aviv, uh, um, next to Tel Nov base. Just to uh, um, just to make it uh, more into Israeli cultural context for our listeners, forty minutes. Anywhere out of Tel Aviv, let alone south of Tel Aviv, is considered like, I don't know, flying uh, from one coast to the other, right? Yeah. From the east coast to the west coast. Yeah, totally. Let's say that, t- that, that today uh, I don't have any good reason to <laughs> to, le- to go somewhere else than Tel Aviv uh, because my parents moved there as well. Ah. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, I grew up, I, I, I was born in Siona, we moved to Gedera, I grew up in Gedera, it was very close to the base, so it was very easy to serve in the unit as well, from a <laughs> logistic perspective, uh, it was five minutes um, driving actually, uh, my mother is, uh, she's not anymore, but she was a kindergartner for many years, mm-hmm. a teacher, um, and uh, my father works for Elbit, it's a... Um, mm-hmm. Uh, military Industries, a big company, mm-hmm. international Israeli company, but interna- international already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's an engineer in the company and, and, um, and a manager for many years as well. Still working there, um, half Indian. Um, oh. Yeah. 
And my mother's side is from Tripoli, so it's a nice combination. Oh, it's, it's, a, it's a kind <laughs> of a Zionist, uh, very <laughs> Zionist story, right? Like yeah. Jews who came from Tripoli, the Jews yeah. who came from India, yeah. which is not a lot, uh, and uh, joined together in Israel. Yeah, the mixes you can get in Israel only. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, I have a, an older brother that is older than me in four years, who are very good friends. Um, I mean since we since we were born <laughs> uh, and we live 500 from each other 500 meters from each other um, and I have sister which is in the, the age of Dana three mm-hmm. years younger than me um, and she's a designer um, and, and yeah, right, this cool. is a so everyone then eventually and I have taco the, the dog uh, doggo T- taco taco yeah all about food <laughs> <laughs> Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, but by the way, a short uh, mm-hmm. um, something about that. But my parents for many years didn't understand why I'm not going to school, to university uh, like everyone, mm-hmm. because that's what you need to do when right, you finish. Maybe, your... maybe listeners don't know, right? You, yeah. Usually the kind of the Israeli story is, you know, you finish high school, you go to the univer- to um, military service, you, I don't know, do some kind of a Far East trip for, I don't know, a few months and then... You join the university, uh, you go into the university, and, and you start kind of adulthood. Yeah, yeah. You skipped so, university. Yeah, I, I skipped it, and I decided to learn from um, from doing. Mm-hmm. And for many years, they they still didn't understand. They said, what you're doing, you need to go to the university. They used to call me every two days and say, you have to go to university. We'll pay for the for the studies. And I said, I don't need. I, I mean, maybe I need, but I don't want mm-hmm. <laughs> in this point. Um and I did many, as you see now, <laughs> many uh, important, big, interesting uh, things, projects, companies, organizations, and they still couldn't accept it because mm-hmm. they, they okay, again, they felt that they have to go mm-hmm. and to study like everyone. And Check the box. Yeah, exactly. And I decided not to. I think that there are other ways to achieve the goals that you suppose need or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. uh, in your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, where do you hope to find uh, the uh, AFU-669, the CAT Association, in, um, let's say, six years from now? Mm-hmm. In six, six, nine years. Exactly, from now. right. <coughs> I see. Um Unit has around uh, more, a little bit more than five thousand um, uh, people who served in the unit through the the last forty years. Uh, so let's say that the l- the most relevant people are around the three last the three thousand because in the first few years the unit was very small. Uh, we have kind of a package that we try to give and supply and support the 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 unit's uh, alumni with, which is a scholarship, mentoring program, PTSD workshop, a private list workshops, and uh, and a lot of other uh, things, and the, the social impact, of course, that they everyone that gets something has to participate in. And um, these days, uh, we with our with our f- with our support, we can't uh, um, give it to everyone. So we need to be selective and we need to choose the, the right people. I mean, not ev- everyone's supposed to get it. Uh, there is no uh, right or not right. And and in six years, I want to believe that we'll be able to give this package to every 
soldier who finished the service and the to, to people that served uh, years back uh, and still need some support help mm-hmm. and, and can maximize their um, their life in, in some way with our support and I believe that that will be able to create more impact to the um, to the to the to the crowd I mean not only to the uh, units alumni mm-hmm. but also to the people around uh, the Gaza Strip that we teach today m- hundreds of families uh, every year on how to save lives in time of and, and we saw how important it is in, in our last operation mm-hmm. in May and same from for Jewish and Israeli communities again if the capacity now it's for um, a few hundreds we can do it thousands we can do it a hundred thousand mm-hmm. so we have enough work for for many people we get again, again it's, it's basically you're talking like entrepreneurs scaling up yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly you know it's product market yeah, fit exactly, and now you want to scale it up exactly i don't know if the, the listeners are no no but we and we don't have time to explain uh, about every project but we had uh, a project in eswatini a few uh, months ago when we had a project in jamaica in 2019 so uh, that we talked in a mm-hmm. few episodes ago um, and, and so next time we'll do it in other um, country in South mm-hmm. uh, Africa or South America or whatever the world would need us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, actually, I think it's endless. We have the platform and now we need to scale up, as you said. Okay, cool. I guess we'll finish with the, our regular uh, time travel question. Okay. Which is, if you were to now magically travel back, imagine mm-hmm. that, uh, to your, you know, the day you finished your army service what piece of advice would you give young Baruven? <clears throat> very difficult and again t- today I'm quite satisfied from the place that I'm in which means that the, the decision that I've made during the, the year since I finished my service as, as far as I see it were quite fine <laughs> uh, but and, and it sounds again because I know what other uh, interviewees answered in, in this question but and 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 I I think about it but I still don't live that way these days and it's to calm down mm. <laughs> because um, my life I are very intense uh, I wake up every morning I don't know if you see on my eyes but I'm very tired <laughs> <laughs> uh, every day all day I'm um, I, I like to achieve things <laughs> And uh, and I like to work hard. And sometimes I, f- I mean, uh, sometimes I feel that I need to to let it go a little bit and to do and some dance hobbies. on the uh, dance on the yeah, track without yeah, thinking about rescuing exa- everyone. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Or just to to go out in the middle of the week, which is something <laughs> that maybe happened in the past, but <laughs> didn't happen for many months. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so um, so I I'll. I'll tell to myself now for even for the near future to try to to let go a little bit and calm down even though i know that it's going to be difficult and i'm not sure that i'm going to do it tomorrow or in today well you know what baruven from uh, 20 minutes ago would tell you what that you should put it on your to-do list uh, correct <laughs> correct <laughs> well, uh yes there was a time that i even wrote uh, my hobbies just to make sure i'm doing it like to to play 20 minutes in the guitar every day or stuff like that. But uh, again, this is something that um, the first thing that you delete, I mean, if you have other... Right, right. Uh, things Priorities. Priorities, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Okay. 
Bar Ruben, <laughs> thanks for joining us today. Um, uh, it was, I have to say that uh, it was very uh, pleasant to be out from the other side <laughs> of the, the microphone, and I hope that uh, I was interesting enough as uh, an intervie- interviewee. And not so we'll, o- we'll invite you again. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Um, and and um, next time I will prepare um, uh, something good for you as well. Yeah, so, so surprise me, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be grilled next time. <laughs> Okay, so we want to thank the Ariella House Radio Studio in Tel Aviv for hosting us. And thank you, Bar. Thank Our you. podcasts will be uploaded to Spotify, Apple Music, and we will advertise it through the AFU 669 marketing channels. If you want to get our newsletter, the podcast episode, or to get involved, please join our mailing list or write us through our website. It's www.afu669.org. Thanks again, Bar. Thank Stay you. Stay well, everyone, and I'm looking forward to our next episode. Bye-bye.